light, a ray of light, and that is it. You feel that, that warm sensation going from your ears to your brain, spreading through your body. No, you are not on a morphine drip. You are listening to Denizens of the Dirt, a podcast series where we sit down and talk with creators working from the shadows of the zeitgeist. Tune in, listen, explore, love, enjoy. Hello, hello. How are you doing, people? It is I, your host, Jameer Bowman Harrell. You are listening to another episode of Denizens of the Dirt. It has been <laughs> way too long. A lot has happened within God knows how long the last episode has been. Uh, I don't live in Atlanta anymore. For one, I'm living in New York City. I uh, don't work at Zipcar. <laughs> I actually work East now and uh, I'm loving my job and loving life things are looking really up for me right now it is a new year as i hope this will be coming out i hope you have set your intentions for what you want to do this year and you are actively trying to set these goals and meet these goals too as well and i uh i know i'm gonna be trying to do the same thing too as well and (laughs) one of my goals is to be on this again like in the way i was because i've missed doing this I missed it so much. I know you've missed my voice too. And you don't gotta lie. I, I get it. I got a good voice. And you could you could just admit it to yourself that yeah, it's you missed me being here. Yes, I know I'm always digressing, but we have a great episode for you today. And maybe at some point I, I will get back into what's been happening in my life, but it is not the time now. Because today we sit down and talk with Elliot Liss, photographer, gallery owner. An occasional bush singer. Elliot's explored adventure into photo came through the cohesion of skateboarding. With the camera and board and arm, Elliot found himself running through the streets of Atlanta as he documented the happenings of his youth. Coincidentally, this early infatuation would corral him away from the deleterious pad the few of his peers fell into. Eventually, this love would turn into a full-blown career where his humble self-taught background would provide a platform for ascension. These days, there still is a concerted effort to sustain and delve into the world of visual capturing, but new ventures are on the horizon with him and his friends handcrafting a DIY gallery known as Facet. Now, I can go on and on and on about what is in this episode, but it wouldn't do you justice to hear me talk about it. So as I get closer into the microphone, my voice gets mad deeper. You know what it is. It is Dings into the Dirt. This is with Elliot Liss. I hope you enjoy very much. Here you go. This is all for you, Sir Elliot Liss. <laughs> is it? Is it Liss? Yeah, it's Liss, L-I-S-S. Oh, I was going to say something funnier and be like, botch your name completely. But then I was like, that's just a lot of work to, <laughs> to do anything like that. Uh, we are recording right now. I like cool, to cool. sneak in, you know, get it just oh yeah, real natural totally conversation. Totally. We've got a couple uh, of beers. This episode is brought to you by uh, White Blackbird. Sponsor us. We're broke. 
<laughs> yes. Pop. There we go. But uh, yes, <laughs> I have Elliot Liss here. Uh, right here. How you doing today? I'm doing good. Been working all morning. Uh, started off with some photo editing. And then I was working on my gallery. We took the floor, I guess you could say off. It was painted, you know, over the years by multiple different uh, tendons, but we painted it this last time and had an event and the floor bubbled up and so we we're like, you know what, let's start over. The floor bubbled up? Yeah. There was so many people on it. It was it was we'll say the uh the AC unit wasn't working, so Okay. Tons of people, uh drinks being spilt and the heat just kinda destroyed the destroyed floor. Destroyed the floor, so we just decided <laughs> to start over with the floor. So yeah. we chipped the whole floor and then as of last night we repainted it and then this morning we were uh getting the edges with all the trim yeah so it's just a lot of hands and knees right now i'm thankful thank you for coming here within uh your what seems like to be a very stressful work (laughs) work day for you to come sit here and talk to me and have a beer there's always time hey i thank you for that so I like to go about these things as if nobody knows who you are. Uh, that's always a route I like to go from that. I mean, but you're a pretty popping guy in the city. People know who you are. <laughs> that's just that's just try my, to pop. You try to pop. You're doing it. Uh, I like to go from these as if nobody knows who you are. So, uh, with that said, I like to say this: Who are you? What do you do? And you know, why do you do it? My name is Elliot Liz. I am a professional photographer, and I've been one for about six years now, freelance. And I also own a art gallery, art space on the side. It's mm-hmm. called Facet Gallery in the Old Fourth Ward. Mm, which I've been to. It yes. had one very lit occasion. It was fun. <laughs> yeah. I drank too many beers at your party. At your, it wasn't a party, but at your gallery, one of your gallery uh, openings. One of the openings, yeah. yeah. Those they, they tend to get pretty lit <laughs> out of hand. Well, I wouldn't say out of hand, but they get, <laughs> they get very exceptional, you know, just acceptably lit. yeah people breaking the floors and you know spilling beer and yeah, touching I mean, the paintings i happened to not be at that one actually so i was i was in L, uh, in la yeah so didn't have to do as much work as my business partners did so i feel kind of bad but you know there's nothing i could have done because i was out of town for i mean you're there in spirit helping yeah. him out they were like when you get back ellie gets back you know he's gonna be <laughs> yeah, so we're gonna stupid. put him to work <laughs> so but it's okay as I, as i was saying before before we even were talking like uh i know you just from the scene itself because like I, I grew up i moved to georgia in uh, the fifth grade and that's like kind of the time when i was like casually skateboarding before i really got in it and then when I got in uh, really into it, like maybe three years later, uh, eighth grade, high school and shit like that, that's when I started like knowing people and things like that. And a lot of the guys that I knew, like Ben Hayes uh, okay, yep. and some of the, uh, some other people like, I hung out with too, we, we, we kind of looked up to you guys, which is, I, I've said that before, but uh, were you at the time in anything, in any way in the creative like mindset or were you just mainly at that time just kind of skateboarding oh no i mean i was always in in a creative mind for sure i think skateboarding was kind of like my as much as we were on the streets 
we were off the streets you know what i mean yeah like what do you mean by that though exactly uh like a lot of kids don't have something to do yeah. so they just go on the streets and do drugs or they find themselves in a bad situation and yes i found myself in plenty of bad situations skateboarding like running from the police or something but mm-hmm. at least i'm not shooting up heroin or yeah smoking crack um but yeah it was a good you know stress relief mm-hmm. and it was also fun because it's creative you know it makes your mind think in a not sure what the word is but like, a, <laughs> a la- like lateral a very word. yeah very yeah. scientific way you mm-hmm. know it's like how can i make the board flip this way if my feet go that way you know mm-hmm. and but really i was always doing photography um just about as long as i had been skateboarding and you know there's always a filmer on your little skateboard yeah click and there's also a photographer usually so i was the photographer and i guess you could say skateboarding got my career started as a photographer because i was taking pictures of my friends Mm -hmm. i would set up lights and strobes and you know taught me to capture motion so i thank skateboarding for that Mm -hmm. and also introduced me to people like yourself yeah even without knowing it yeah indirectly mm-hmm. would like yeah. 10 15 years later <laughs> yeah crazy yeah super crazy and so but always always been creative yeah. you know with with skateboarding mm-hmm. where i mean you talked to you go we go back to it uh it kept you off the streets and i do know a lot of people who experience a lot of fucked up shit i mean because living in shambly in that area mm-hmm. i mean it's yeah. the suburbs but even though it's the suburbs you can still get into shit and find yourself in some problems and oh, things yeah. like that so did you have to kind of grow up around seeing a lot of people just oh yeah i had to grow up i mean i was raised in a pretty like all right environment mm-hmm. you know i had my ups and downs with my family like i didn't have any like issues with my family but my yeah. family had issues with you know with funds like we've had money we've had zero money we've mm-hmm. had money we've had zero money we've like, we've seen it all so we know what it's like to be in shambles we know what it's like to be in i don't know like have a kind of posh lifestyle but yeah you know you grow up and you realize like oh well, i'm i guess i'm glad that i had both mm-hmm. experiences because i work hard to get what i i want and i know that some people don't have to work at all Mm-hmm. and those people it's like i mean i don't know it's just it's just too easy for mm-hmm. them they don't have to work yeah do you think in, what did what did you think i guess with that whole duality of, of having money and then not having money how do you think in the aspects of scarcity that affected your uh your introduction in, in photography and skateboarding uh, itself my mom she always oh crap my phone's not on silent my phone <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, my mom. Yeah, she she used to do photography and she used to be a model as well. So she would shoot on the side, and I guess she kind of always put a camera in my hand at a young age. Mm -hmm. So I was always shooting, whether it was like just disposable cameras or a little film camera that you know rewound the film for you. But then you know afterwards i was like oh i get the concept so i'll get an actual film camera that's yeah. all manual and um but yeah it's, it's a my mom who's a big part of why i'm a photographer because mm-hmm. she's always had a creative mind so is my sister my stepdad he was more of a businessman so 
kind of got the best of both worlds. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, what what technically really draws you to photography really at that age? Because it's I know you're growing up skateboarding, things like that. And from what I hear from people, I mean, they'll they'll they kind of find themselves falling into these roles because somebody will either have the equipment and they're like, I want to skate. You know, like, oh, well, I'll just hold this shit and <laughs> snap or, or, or film things. So initially, what what was drawing you to it? Or is it just, did you just kind of just find yourself there, really? Uh, yeah, I found, yeah, I guess I did. Because I was always the photographer, even yeah. if it wasn't in skateboarding, I always had a camera with me just about. And when, you know, I started growing up and my friends would, you know, get cars, like, we would always... Mm-hmm. It was always all right. Let's find the next spot. Let's film a trick here. Take a picture. Go to the next one, and it was a great experience. You know, I had to. I mean, I didn't have to do it, but I I yeah. chose to because it was like kind of like my college. What do you mean by that exactly? Like just learning in the field versus mm-hmm. learning in the books. Because like one person can read all they want, but if they've never touched the camera before, how are they gonna? They can't just have a good eye all of a sudden yeah i mean i guess you could if you're a natural but Mm -hmm. i guess you just gotta you know learn the techniques the ways of it yeah the ways (laughs) you know how a camera works yeah because um yeah i don't know (laughs) (laughs) you just gotta learn yeah i mean there's there's uh there's always a learning curve for everything and Mm -hmm. i think when you're young, you definitely don't see a lot of the creative. I mean, you might see the creative things that you're doing as something that's very worthwhile for to you. And sometimes you can either see it in capacity where it's just like, I'm just doing this. It's just, it's just something I'm not really physically aware that I'm doing. And then later on in the life, you find yourself like, okay, shit, well, I've been at this for like 13 years. Yeah. Well, I think what it was was well, in skateboarding and in my transition from like skateboarding to more... Mm-hmm. I guess you could say corporate work and just more portrait stuff was yeah. like as much as I love doing skateboard photography, there was a uh, zero dollars in it. Mm-hmm. Like unless you're one of the top skateboard photographers who have been the top skateboard yeah. photographers since I had been like wanting to be one of them, it's kind of hard. And even then they am not even sure how much they make unless you're yeah. working for like Nike or a big you mm-hmm. know brand but so I was like, I got to start shooting mm-hmm. people yeah, off skateboards because <laughs> they have money. Yeah. Like skateboarding is not, a, it's not cheap, you know? It isn't. Like yeah. one skateboard is almost $200. You break it every now and then on accident. Yeah. You need new wheels, you need shoes, new trucks. Yeah. The shoes are probably the more expensive part. Like, yeah. I remember going through some pairs of shoes in a week, just, you know, doing kick. God clubs, damn. You know? Like, Jeez. I'd either rip a hole in the bottom of them or my... Yeah toe would start getting scraped up and mm-hmm. i've had shoe goo all the way wrapped around my shoe because i didn't want to buy new shoes you know oh man i remember those days of just seeing people at the park with like duct tape yeah around their shoes never had duct tape but i definitely had pounds of shoe goo on my toes before yeah but yeah so i started shooting i guess you'd say girls and models who <laughs> needed to be yeah needed their photos taken and I just built my portfolio, started interning at um, just random companies, mm-hmm. got to travel sometimes, got to go to Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week one time. Mm-hmm. And actually, that was in 2012. 
but this is all for free too. I did about five years of work before I considered myself anything professional. Mm-hmm. Well, what does it take for you to consider yourself professional? I mean, I mean, I would say to be working mm-hmm. solely as a photographer. Like, I mean, besides my gallery, I'm just a photographer. You know, I mean, yeah. there are many other things, but what brings in the the bill money is photography. Yeah, and I think. I think that consider or you could consider yourself a or a professional photographer when mm-hmm. when that starts happening. Yeah. So we're talking about this jump from skateboarding itself. I think what we should hint on too, too as well. I mean, this is Atlanta, and the the scene here maybe ten ten twelve years ago it was it's nothing what it is now. No. And there are a lot of people who, like you said, you just get caught up in. Uh, you can get caught up in your environment and be on the streets instead of like actually doing something worthwhile. And a lot of people, they just got, got rid of it, got rid of the board, started like I knew, I mean, we we probably know the same person who uh, stopped and got into selling drugs and then ended up with some shit. Uh, you probably do know him. I won't mention his name. Yeah. I'll mention his name afterwards, but uh, got into some shit and ended up in incarcerated and shit like that. And I know a lot of people who've gotten hooked on drugs and shit, and I've known a few people in the skateboard world that have been, you know, locked up for some type of drug, and it's just yeah. unfortunate because it might mean they're not making enough money outside of skateboarding, so yeah. they have to find a way to mm-hmm. to make enough to live, and just it just sucks that they have to, you know, fall back on selling drugs. Yeah, it's such a sobering thing to see somebody who you, who you know has talent and could be something higher than what they're doing and they're just floundering mm-hmm. i've and, even had friends that have overdosed before and oh really i haven't made it through that you know yeah i had a uh, my best friend actually overdosed this is getting sad uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> my best friend rest his soul he uh he overdosed uh, a few years ago and uh it was a it was a weird thing because i remember going to the parks with him going like i went on like thanksgiving vacations with him and things like that and you just you lose contact with people and mm-hmm. i just got hit up with, with him one day and that he's like yeah you know uh, so-and-so died and i was like what yeah and i didn't even know he was even on that shit and it's it sucks because you don't think atlanta outside of atlanta that it, it's such a small confined area but like we have like small small city problems within the suburbs oh yeah totally yeah Yeah, totally i mean i used to before i lived in the city in decatur i lived in alpharetta all the way up until the eighth grade Mm -hmm. and i mean i would be downtown as much as possible yeah but i didn't want to hang out in alpharetta because all the people that live out there i don't like to you know hate on the suburbs but it's definitely an easier place to get caught up in some type of yeah drug related something i just think because there's not as much to do like Mm -hmm. you live out there and you can't walk outside and go to the coffee shop unless you live next to starbucks but who wants to go to starbucks and like i just think there's more problems out there i've known people that their basement was a meth lab in the suburbs i'm sure it's out here too it's everywhere but it's like this was a kid not Mm -hmm. like an adult it was just some teenager making meth in his parents mansion basement pretty much yeah and you being a teenager yourself you can't really say much to somebody like that like yo okay cool that's fucking wild yeah so i think living in the city is definitely 
mm-hmm. also been a good a good part of my yeah my career is getting to meet people here mm-hmm. i know with living in the suburbs uh i i think for any i know we're harping so much on skateboarding right now but for any skateboarder growing up in if you're not technically living in a city or living outside of the city coming into the city itself for these skateboarding ventures is 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 almost like a rite of passage and an understanding of one's own freedoms and what freedom means so with doing that and coming to the city and being able to have that freedom to run around the city and skate all day with your friends do you not do you but what ways do you think that influenced you as a person really to understand your own freedom and what you could do man i don't know i feel like just coming down here it's just opened up a new world you know yeah. just just i don't know i feel like people are happier in cities mm-hmm. i mean unless that's like your happy places in the suburbs yeah <laughs> but my happy place is not you mm-hmm. know i like people i'm an extrovert i need people's energy to keep my energy going mm-hmm. so i think that kept my energy going is being able to travel downtown and skateboard mm-hmm. even you know before high school at a pretty young age like you don't think you're young when you're that young and then when you're our age you're like holy crap that was a baby you yeah know? i remember nights of being like on the marta at like 2 a.m yeah you're like just, why am i here i'm like 19 yeah. 17 years old maybe but it's 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 it was so much fucking fun and oh, i yeah. and when i I know Atlanta, like, again, Atlanta is a small city. You can walk it from one end to another in, in like, 45 minutes. Yeah. But the idea of being able to get on the MARTA and go to places and, like, then go back home all the way in Chambly or fucking Stone Mountain, mm-hmm. it felt so freeing. Like, I felt like this is what it's like when you have a car, just to hop yeah. on the train with your friends yeah, and do... Just to stop away, pretty much. Yeah. And I, I wonder, and I wonder what everybody else feels about that too, as well. Who's 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 used the mart? I know it's it's like it's a shitty. Thing. No, yeah, actually, my buddies and I, when we were in high school, when our parents were like, "Yeah, you can go on Marta," like we would just go, literally, from, like what is it, Indian Creek, all the way at the bottom, or all the way east, all the way west. Yeah, and just to see, you know, just to like see the demographic like changes and. Just to do it and mm-hmm. possibly see skate spots off a train. Yeah. You know? <laughs> and I mean, pretty much my whole high school career or life was looking for skate spots, mm-hmm. sitting on a curb, waiting for someone to do a trick while taking a picture. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then hopefully that picture got picked up by a magazine. But yeah, like very rarely that ever happened. A lot of sitting and waiting. Always. Yeah. And that was another reason why I stopped doing it is because it was just spending money. I'm not making money out here on the street skateboarding. I'm mm-hmm. just, I go to the gas station, buy a bag of chips and a drink and pretty unhealthy lifestyle, to be honest. Like, I've got Whole Foods is kind of a thing now. Like, I don't, even, <laughs> I don't even shop there that often, but I've been like, all right, guys, we're going to eat that hot bar at Whole Foods now. Yeah. But, yeah, that saves lives. Their breakfast is amazing. They have a great hot bar breakfast. Yeah. Shout out to Whole Foods and your yeah. French toast. I yeah, mean, shout out to Whole Foods because I, you keep my belly full sometimes. Yeah, sometimes when you're not too expensive. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, looking looking at skateboarding photography in itself, I mean, a lot of people will paint connotations about it. That it's, uh, it's, it's easy to say that it, it's not a purest form of art or it's... 
it can't be can seen as like a lot of photography because when i go to like i've talked to people about this and they're just like oh skateboarding photography and skateboarding videos like no that's it's mundane it's 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 nothing but there's a lot of technicality Mm -hmm. within that and the way you frame and create composition within skateboarding uh skateboarding photography and videography i think it's if not akin or higher to what you would do in just straight up fine arts because i mean you have to sit there and frame things and 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 try to catch things in a way that's moving yeah and that still encompasses a sort of like composition so you're moving let's say uh high school i would you say that's when you kind of took the reins off skateboarding was just like okay i need to move into something else Uh, it was actually maybe like a year or two out of high school okay you know it was like 19 yeah mm-hmm. about 19 i was like man 19 20 mm-hmm. where, where, at that point in your life where were you what were you feeling because well i was going to school i went to georgia perimeter for a semester i think i was 21 maybe mm-hmm. and i had a whole bad experience with college so i kind of just like pushed that aside because i mean i finished my semester yeah but it wasn't worth my time. I wasn't learning anything I needed to learn. I wasn't working on any of the skills that I should be working on. Mm-hmm. So it's just kind of, like, I wonder why does schools not just, like, why can't I just go to school for photography yeah. and business and call it a day mm-hmm. versus, I go, I'm not going to do language arts. I'm not going to do history. Yeah. I'm not going to do math. Like, yeah, maybe have, like, 20 minutes out of the class be a math section where it's like mm-hmm. you know just your regular stuff i don't need to know algebra <laughs> like yeah you're not going to be at like some business meeting but like okay so if x is plus two yeah. then what is y like foundationally I, college is weird i get the whole thing yeah. like if your brain can do this problem like it can probably do like if you can solve this equation yeah then you can like oh well if you can solve that maybe you can solve this thing that's not even related to math so Mm -hmm. i get that whole thing but yeah but it's the idea of of spending two years in college or three years going through prerequisites yeah just so you can actually spend like two years or less doing actually what Mm -hmm. you're trying to do and it seems like it's it's almost like a drain on your wallet and it's a drain on your on your uh mental will to actually yeah. continue that shit because you're yeah. just like fuck i don't this is not what i and, signed and up a for. lot of time people go to college for something but they don't want to be that when they grow up or they have no idea oh yeah that that's not going to even apply to what you're going to be doing later mm-hmm. on in life there's a large majority of people who are going to college right now and then coming out and not doing anything they don't touch with their degree, the degree. Yeah. yeah i'm not even touching my degree right now i'm really not and at, at, at sometimes i'm just like okay so what could i have done different (laughs) (laughs) like that i could be using my degree in yeah yeah i mean i look up to people who do do go to college and get their degree because it's like all right you have the mental capacity to you know go sit behind a desk for hours every day for three or four years if not more yeah and it's like crying during finals and everything yeah (laughs) like my brain can't handle that yeah but i look up to people who do because i work with you guys every day Mm -hmm. you know so yeah it's good, but I also, like, my real college, not skateboarding, but was I had a mentor for years. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I, w- I started doing, like, some modeling gigs on the side, and then I was in a shoot, mm-hmm. and 
this is actually a, a thing that I tell everybody who wants to be a photographer. Okay. Is like, don't be afraid to open your mouth. If you don't open your mouth, you don't get fed, you know? Mm. So like talk to people. Mm-hmm. Like if you're going to be an introvert and be a photographer, well, that's kind of like good luck because you have to meet people mm-hmm. unless you just have like the most amazing work ever and you don't have mm-hmm. to talk, you know, but I was modeling at a gig and the photographer that was shooting it, I asked him afterwards, I was mm-hmm. like, do you need an assistant ever? And I forget, like, I forget some photographer told me like, you should assist. And I was like, I was so stubborn. And I said, why would I like assist when I'm already getting paid to shoot? Yeah. And just being a little stubborn, like 20 year old kid, you know, like, Oh, I'm, I'm already good. Yeah. But then the I asked him just because I was like, I should ask him. Yeah. Like this dude's set is way bigger than I've ever even done. So, and he's not even getting money for this. So mm-hmm. I asked him literally the next day I start working for this guy and I'm like, I think I started doing it for free at first, but he immediately started paying me mm-hmm. like very soon afterwards because we were shooting like the Hawks, major league baseball players. Oh, wow. And I'm just on set helping out, carrying lights kind of being the personal assistant, you know, mm-hmm. I do whatever is told. And if I hadn't done that, like, I don't know if I would be the same person because not only did I meet so many people, but I learned things that I never would have learned doing it on my own yeah. without that help. I was speaking your, so that's an <clears throat> iffy thing for me is to be able to tell people what I do. Cause off riff, People just think I model, so I'm very, it makes me very one-dimensional, and so it's hard to express anything else that I do outside of that, mm-hmm. because people don't care, to be real. Yeah, I know what you mean. So, no, yeah. but when you do try to express yourself and try to let people know, okay, I'm doing these all things, it, it, it sometimes can come across as, like, I've talked to people, and off the bat, they're like, I do this, I do this, man, I shot with Gucci Mane, and I'm like, cool, yeah. I've only been the main once, but... How do you go about, I mean, in a way, expressing what you do and, and speaking and speaking up without it not coming across as being like very like pushing and shit like that? Like, how do we just what's the best way in your eyes to let somebody know I do this and this is why I think we should like collaborate or work together or something like that? I mean, I do think work is a big part of that. Yeah. Like you have to sh- I mean, you have to show them your work in order for them to want to work with you. Mm-hmm. If it's someone you want to work with, sometimes they come to you and they do the same thing. Like, Hey, I want to work with you. I love your style. Yeah. And sometimes you're like, Hey, I love your style. I love your look. I would love to work with you. Yeah. But I don't know what the best way is to yeah, tell people. I feel like I just wait for them to ask. I'm not like, <laughs> hey, I'm Elliot. Yeah. I'm a photographer. I own an art gallery. I uh, yeah. I do things. But I don't know. I feel like it's, it's different for everybody because, mm-hmm. I don't know. So I was out in L.A. and the question of L.A. is, so what do you do? Mm. Like like off, off top? That's just what yeah, they say? Yeah, I mean, I had people come up to me. Hey, what do you do? I'm like, oh, are you not going to say hi first? Or yeah. how are you? So, I mean, I get them because they're all like, don't ask me that question. Because everyone asks me that question. What do you do? Mm-hmm. 
But then again, I think in the South it's different. Like, why is that? I, I don't know. I feel like it, it's just a little more friendly. And I, I mean, I personally, I like when people ask me what I do mm-hmm. because it's like, well, you're obviously wondering, you know, or maybe you are like the biggest person ever <laughs> and I have no idea, you know, yeah. but you might ruin that opportunity by being like, oh, I, I'm a woodworker. <laughs> you're like, That's not, well, you're not the person I thought you were. <laughs> yeah. But you might be a woodworker and also a... I meet a lot of cool woodworkers. I met a really cool woodworker. I mean, yeah, woodworkers are yeah. awesome. Shout I know out some to woodworkers. Too, yeah. yeah, shout <laughs> out to woodworkers. Making my tables. Yeah. But, I don't know. I don't know. What do you think? Like, or... I mean, I, that's the thing. I, 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 I'm still figuring what that means to me, that how to express what you do creatively to people, you know? It's, I feel weird about being like, I feel weird about even calling myself a model. Yeah, even though, even though right. that's, you are signed, that is a thing, you are a signed model, so you can... Or are you not? <laughs> I mean, I am too, but like, I'm just like, whatever, dude, I don't, I don't think this is, I don't I don't think, say, I've, I've never once been like... Elliot, I'm the model, hello. Yeah, I'm a signed model. Yeah. I'm a professional pretty person. Yeah. It, it's such a weird thing, but then it's like, when it when I jump out of that, it's like how do I express that uh, I write scripts and and direct and 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 make music because I don't want to attribute that idea of being like oh I'm a musician because I don't feel like I do those I don't feel like I am those things I feel like I do those things and it's it always becomes a a a, a place where I like to downplay what I do and then I think in some aspects that's good because then people can see the work but in other aspects too people can become very uninterested if you're just downplaying what you do and be yeah. like oh shit well this person doesn't really take what they do seriously then like, oh, I'm yeah, not you're take- a model oh yeah fuck off yeah yeah no it's like a lot of models they have full-time jobs on the other side where yeah. they're like a really smart person yes i have run into the model who's just very like oh yeah this oh my god like i don't know how to push buttons um <laughs> Like, I have met those, but I've also met doctor models. I've met dentists. I've met. Whoa. I mean, I've met people who you're like really do shit. That actually have a like a legit job. Yeah. That also probably went to school for, but they might have had someone come up to them and been like, "You should model." Yeah. Here's my card. Like my sister, that mm-hmm. happened to her. She was at a grocery store, and it's kind of crazy. So my mom, that she used to model. Mm-hmm. Her agent saw my sister at a Kroger in the middle of the suburbs and was like, you should model. Turns out he was my mom's agent. So he was my mom and my sister, or was my mom and my sister's agent. But Mm -hmm. he had no idea that my mom was like my sister's mom. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, you never know what can happen. That's also like being an extrovert. You go up and talk to a person, you know? Yeah. I'm still working on that right now because I'm pretty introverted or whatnot you know i mean it's to each his own everyone yeah you know, everyone goes at different paces and you know, I, I like to say whatever whatever boats your float you know whatever boats your float yeah I whatever like boats your boat whatever boats your float i'm gonna use that i think that's better it sounds yeah. it makes me sound more uh makes you sound more mysterious like oh this guy <laughs> whatever boats your float where's he been like, to how do you boat a float <laughs> but yeah they, then they want to talk to you more and then you're like 
high Meliad ID photography. Or right sometimes there. they don't even hmm. know what I said because they think I said whatever. Float your boat. Yeah. They're like, no, 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 it's backwards. <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> yeah. My dad always says people uh, are ninety uh, percent of the time when you're talking to them, thinking about what they're going to say to you instead of instead of actually listening to what they're going to say. So there's that. Yeah. So listen to people. You know, you know, you might miss something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, so <laughs> photography, skateboarding. You're making your introduction into uh, when you're younger. You're making your introduction into shooting people. So, uh, as I was saying, compositionally, there's a lot of composition that that, goes, that gets involved in taking skateboard photography. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, how was your progression into, I guess, photographing static, like shooting people versus skateboarders? Yeah. I mean, so I had one of my female friends come out, and I was. I was. I told her I would take her picture for her, you know, mm-hmm. give her some some modeling shots. And it was my first shoot, my my first shoot ever, and I, I literally I pretty much just did the same thing as I do with skateboarding when mm-hmm. I came to all my lights set up, but I put a person without a skateboard in the middle, and it's honestly a little easier because you don't have to worry about someone doing some crazy trick and then yeah. landing it, and you don't capture it. You know, you can always redo. But mm-hmm. so I literally just did the same thing I did in skateboarding and then just applied it to mm-hmm. like portrait photography and started doing that. And then I was started like getting on even Craigslist, just looking for any type of job I could get because mm-hmm. I was like, I want to get paid for this. Yeah. You know? So I did that. I met some sketchy people, like super sketchy ass people. Oh, really? You got any stories? Um, <laughs> so yeah, people. actually, the guy that. In, or the guy that took me to Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week, super sketchy. I mean, I'm a very good people reader, and I can always yeah. tell when something's wrong. And since the beginning, I was like, this guy is freaking weird. Like, he's a little sketch. And we met up at this place called Justin's. It was uh, P. Diddy's restaurant on Peachtree before it changed its name. I've never heard of that till now. And he had this, <laughs> and I found it on Craigslist, pretty okay. sure. It was that in... I was thinking it was somewhat legit because he somehow got the conference room in there, like the big private room. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh, okay. Like He's got the private room at P. Diddy's place. He's, he must know some people yeah. or is someone. So I go up in there and there's like 20 people and he's just sitting there like, so what do you guys do? <laughs> he's asking, what do you do? What do mm-hmm. you do? What do you do? And I was like, I'm a photographer. He's like, okay, okay, we could use you. And I'm like... <laughs> You know, and I get a call back a couple of days later being like, hey, I want you to shoot some stuff. And at this time, I'm not looking for money. So I'm just like, yeah, I want to get some content so I can board, yeah. build my portfolio. And and then a couple of weeks later, he's like, hey, we're going to Mercedes-Benz Fashion Week in New mm-hmm. York. And I'm thinking it's going to be a little luxurious because just because, you know, yeah, like, you know find me up room? there. Yeah. yeah. And... So I meet up. I meet up with him to go. I'm like, all right. So when's our when's our flight? And he's like, we're actually gonna take a bus. And I'm oh. like, what? I'm like, okay. I mean, all right, whatever. As long as I get there, it's cool. And we took the cheapest, nastiest bus ever. It's called the Chinese Horse Run Tour. You leave you leave from uh, Buford Highway. Mm-hmm. 
and I love Asian food, but there is so much. <laughs> it's my it's my favorite food, but when every person on a bus has Asian food, yeah, you're like this smells mm-hmm. like the whole bus stunk, and then it took 18 hours to get there, so it's like what Jesus the hell? And then we Christ. get there, and meanwhile, or yeah, previously, it tells me that. He owns a like Bentley or a Rolls Royce and a Range Rover, and he has a nice ass apartment in Brooklyn. And we he's get, flexing on you. He was flexing, yeah, harder than I've ever been flexed before. He <laughs> he was like shuffling around when we get there. We landed in in a uh, uh, Chinatown, and he was he's like you know he's shuffling around his mm. pockets, his bag. He's like, oh no, I can't find my keys. I'm like. Oh God! I'm like I knew it. What the fuck am I doing right now? <laughs> I was like, Why am I here? Am I going to get killed? Am I going to get stranded yeah. in New York? I was like, Do I need to call my parents and be like, Please send me home? Like, yeah. But I just stuck through it, and we ended up getting an Airbnb in Harlem, which I'm actually glad we did because I got to meet a bunch of uh, people my age at the time mm-hmm. and learn some cool like techniques. Mm-hmm. I met one photographer who was a beast at photoshop like he made me float over a creek i'm like that's cool um (laughs) yo that's awesome yeah and then he somehow like he knew someone who Mm. had tickets to mercedes-benz fashion week and he let me wear his little what do they call little name tag thing yeah and i got in but i'm also like I don't want to get in and him leave me. So I went in for like a little while by myself and then I just came back out because I was like, I, I don't know my way around New York. It's my first time here. I don't mm-hmm. know anybody here. I'm not trying to die. <laughs> um, So, I mean, he got me in, which was cool. But then later on, I find out after all this that he was scamming credit cards whoa that's fucking wild so yeah and he's also like he's going into gas stations buying tons of cigarettes and then like i guess bringing them to new york to sell because they sell for like twice as much as i do down south like a pack of newports is like 14 15 bucks as they are like seven maybe dollars here jesus fucking christ why are you gonna just why are you doing that yeah it's um so that's very sketch. That's I like was, I had never been so sketched out. Yeah, like he had a machine. That, yeah. Wait, so you saw him? You uh, you, he, you saw the machine that he did? Like, well, that. I never actually saw saw him do it, but I saw the machine one time, and I was like, mm-hmm. no, never hanging out with you ever again. Damn. But like, you was, you made those connections though. I made the. But <laughs> at the same time, I didn't really make any connections. Yeah. I got in. I left. I didn't meet anybody besides a couple, you know, just actually <laughs> some people that I met, I am still friends with. Okay. That's good. Yeah, like these Brazilian, this Brazilian couple that like, mm-hmm. I'm not sure if they're a couple of time or not, but we met, we hung out, we went out, it was fun, mm-hmm. but that would have took me completely out of anything I was doing. If I was like, all right, this guy's a credit card scammer. Yeah, but you know, you live, you learn, <laughs> and you make. I learned. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and now I'm an even better people reader. I'm like, so what's the deal here? Because yeah, 
We need paperwork. I need to see your bag. Yeah, let me see your badge. <laughs> oh my god, but, that's fucking insane. How old were you at the time? I think I was nineteen. That was right 19? when I graduated. I wasn't because I remember. I think I had a fake ID at the time, and I remember it not getting accepted because I knew I wasn't twenty-one. Even more sketch. Yeah, even more sketch. Instead of getting in trouble, so yeah, I mean, you could have been uh, an accomplice in credit card fraud. So yeah, shout out to whoever's out there looking for, yeah, <laughs> looking for out real. for you. You at man? <laughs> <laughs> That's wild. So stay off the streets. After that, I mean, how yeah. do you come back to Atlanta and then be like, all right, well. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep pursuing this. So where where were you at spatially in that? In After that? that, I just stopped contacting, receiving calls from that guy because mm-hmm. I was like, I'm not trying to work with someone who does that stuff. And then, um, I was still into skateboard photography, fashion, mm-hmm. and I met because of skateboarding. Mm. I was at a skate park, Brook Run and downloading. Hey, yeah. And that was a spot. these two guys walk up, literally these two, like one white guy, one, I think mm-hmm. he was black, maybe mixed. They walk up to the skate park and just me being me, I was like, who are these guys? Like, yeah. you know, like they were just like, kind of like looking around like, like who here does what we need? Mm. And so I went up to him just to be like, what are y'all doing? He's like, yo, man, we're looking for like a skateboard photographer because, you know, we got this clothing company that we're just trying to launch. And mm-hmm. and it was actually for a good cause. It was called Streets of Gold. Um, this dude, Chris, he's, he's badass. Um, he still hits me up. Like, he actually, t- I talked to him yesterday. Okay, cool. Yeah, yeah. And this is like 10 years ago, pretty much. And um, it was a Christian company. Like, I'm not really religious. I believe in the spirit somewhere, but like, I'm not mm-hmm. like... If you don't believe, if you don't believe in God, you are not my friend. You know, I'm, like, I'm, not, I'm not like <laughs> yeah, super religious, but uh, believe what you want to believe. Exactly, and that was awesome working for him. That was good experience. I got to interview and photograph Chaz Ortiz in Chicago. Like, oh, cool. he, he took me to Chicago twice, mm-hmm. and I also know when you have like a family, it looks a little, it's a little easier to trust someone mm-hmm. or someone, even though the guy that was a credit card scammer he had a son but he always <laughs> seemed sketch about everything and um hopefully that son's doing okay but uh mm-hmm. this guy that took me to chicago he even took me snowboarding like, oh word like we'd have like we'd go up and shoot snowboarders dirt bikers skateboarders and then like one or two days out of the trip we'd go drive up north and go snowboarding. Mm-hmm. And that was a super cool experience getting to do all that. And he was not sketch at all. It was like, like the yeah. opposite end of like the Being a really chill person. Super chill. He was actually hilarious. He's kind of like, like a little thuggish, but like white guy. You oh, know, okay. like listen to like rap music and like, like you know, cool. Like, <laughs> like we drive up in like an at or like a odyssey honda odyssey which is a badass a honda odyssey and being thuggish that is a great it awesome idea it was that mom car to the max but damn the car, car the car gets it but um you can flip the rose back get the homies in the back yeah, extra so, space oh yeah dude i love that thing but so i started shooting for him and did that for a few years and 
I mean, of course, other things on the side, but that was like my main little mm-hmm. hustle. But that was more of an internship. Didn't get paid a dime from mm-hmm. it. Did a couple modeling gigs for that. Man, I looked like a baby when that happened. But um, you still look pretty young now, even at your age. That's why when I had a fake ID, I was like, "You ain't getting it because you look like you're 15." But mm. the beard helps out now, so good thing. A little bit. Yeah. But uh. And so, I mean, after that, I just kept shooting people, and and then I started taking pictures for this vintage clothing line, who, this, this lady had a ton of vintage clothes, so mm-hmm. she had a little store at Highland Row Antiques off Highland. We know which one you're talking about, too. The big one, it's like, you walk downstairs, and it's just like, the whole basement is yeah. different vendors, and yeah, sections, but took pictures for her and she was awesome too Mm -hmm. and i think that was a good intro into like the fashion scene kind of because i was just taking pictures of you know beautiful people wearing beautiful clothes yeah so that was what i was all about Mm -hmm. and then yeah i mean i guess just after building a portfolio over time i started getting people hitting me up yeah. to come out and shoot for them and then also doing my internship like with my mentor I guess I guess I wouldn't say really an internship but were you getting paid? I, I was getting paid okay I mean you can get paid at internships I was, a, I was a photo assistant yeah. like it was first like an intern and then it was a photo assistant for mm-hmm. years after and I'm still working with that guy to this day you know Hey. and also because of all that because you meet people doing it those people when they don't want to mm-hmm. take this job they'll recommend me for it which is how i've gotten to work with a lot of yeah. like like migos i saw that that was yeah crazy what is what is what is that life like because you you're a different breed of photographer and you're just everywhere and i see you like at, at falcons games and hawks game not falcons game hawks games yeah. and migos and shit like that so what is like being like a fly on the wall in that world really for you? It's kind of crazy. I mean, working with rappers is fun, mm-hmm. but it also sucks sometimes. I mean, <laughs> why does it suck sometimes? It's because they kind of like don't treat you that well sometimes, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, depends on who you're working with. I've worked with a lot of musicians who have like loved to have me around and. Mm-hmm. And some of these people who are just like looked up to by so many people, they're like, oh, I feel like a king, a goddess, or God, you yeah. know? Like, I don't, why, why should I treat you any differently than I treat these peasants almost? Mm. It's like, because I ain't peasants. I don't think any of us are peasants. Yeah, we're know? all people. Yeah, yeah we're all people. We were all somebody before we were somebody. Mm-hmm. You know, whether we got there before someone else. So it's, you know, it's fun, but. It can be stressful, you know. Yeah. I mean, sometimes I'm like the photographer on the set, like the only one. So it's like there's a lot of pressure on me. Mm-hmm. But I think it's cool. I mean, it's a great experience. I'm really thankful that I've gotten to where I've gotten to be and getting to work with all these people mm-hmm. because I've worked with, you know, like Outcast, Not them together, but Andre 2000 separately from Big Boy. I've worked with both of them, and I've also assisted shoots like for Esquire with Andre, mm-hmm. and 
it's like I looked up to those guys so hard when um, Speaker Box and the Low Below album came out. I was obsessed, you know. Yeah. I was like, this is my album. <laughs> and then I had never thought I was going to meet them. Yeah. Especially not be the one that's photographing them. So it's really cool to like, you know, look up to someone and then get to work with them. Mm-hmm. I never even thought of that idea of being uh, uh, that that idea you, you mentioned right there. Never thought about that because I, I do be in those situations sometimes just like, how did I fucking end up here? Exactly, yeah. You know, and you just got to bl- be thankful for the where you got into and be thankful for the uh, positions mm-hmm. you've been given and things like that. Mm-hmm. I, let me ask you this. How much do you feel artistically satiated with within what you do? Uh, what do you mean? I mean, okay, let me ask you this. Do you like to consider yourself an artist? Yeah, I'd say I'm an artist. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you, within doing commercial work, do you feel uh, that your artistic needs are being met? Well, most of the time, yeah, because when people hire me, they're looking for the type of work that I put out mm-hmm. already, so it's not really too much different stuff. Yeah. And sometimes it's a lot more than I'm capable of doing, yeah. but I have to do it anyways because I, you know, I signed up for the job. Mm-hmm. Uh, this last job that I had, the last biggest job I had, <clears throat> was for a company called Rotary Club, which is universal. Mm-hmm. And I got to be the photographer at their world conference. Whoa, some money. Yeah, so it was myself and one other photographer. Mm-hmm. And um, it was the most intense, unartistic. Mm. It was, I mean, it was event photography on crack. <laughs> like, it was like, okay. We're at the World Congress Center and Jimmy Carter Center and around the areas. You shoot, you go into the room and you import your photos. You put all this metadata and captioning on their photos and then you give it to the client person and then you go back and shoot again Mm -hmm. and do the same thing over and over again. So, you know, after the, at the end of the day, you've walked like 30 miles. I was, I was checking my steps, you know, you, you, you did walk 30 miles like a day. God damn. Yeah, I mean, it was from 15 to 30. It was like the long days were 30 and the short days were like 12 to 15. But, um, I mean, just back and forth, back and forth. You're like holding your camera up and you're always like running around this. I'm not sure if you've ever been to the World Congress Center, but it's huge. Never been It there, is no. massive. Really? Like, I've never been into a building that big. They were telling me they were trying to do it in, I think it was like California, but their Congress Center is way too small. Yeah. So that's why they had it here. And I had, you know, I'd met people that I'd, I'd never thought I'd met, like Bill Gates. Whoa. I got to shoot Bill Gates. <laughs> got to shoot John Cena. Wait. Sorry, photograph, not shoot. Um, John Cena? Yeah. Like, the, like wrestler, actor. Wow. Dude is huge. Like his. Yeah. What is this bicep? It is like arm parts, yeah, arm <laughs> muscle. Yeah, it was the size of my torso, just one arm. Damn. And then uh, so Bill Gates, John Cena, Ashton Kutcher, and then a bunch of dude. I actually at the end of the job, I was finishing the last batch of photos on the computer, and the governor of Pakistan came in to my office and was like, "I want you guys to come to Pakistan." 
And I'm like, are hey. you kidding? <laughs> Yo. Like, uh-uh. Um, he personally invited myself and the other photographer to go to Pakistan to write a story on Pakistan and at the rotary system there. Are you down to do that? I mean, not really. <laughs> <laughs> if you're listening, like, sorry that he said that to you. <laughs> like, I would love to come, but do I feel safe? Not really. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you're a target or what, because if I'm there, like, I don't know, you know? Yeah, what's your motives, dog? He was really nice. Yeah. Very nice. He gifted us with so much stuff, like hand-woven baskets and flags and stuff from their hometown. He was really trying to bring you guys up there. He was like, he was seriously, he, he came to our room for about an hour and tried to convince us. We're oh, like, my gosh. We're trying to get out of here. It's late. The yeah. convention's over. Like, mm-hmm. Get out of my socks, but it's like you're also the governor of Pakistan. I'm not trying to be rude. Yeah, you got to be a chill guy with that. So I know a lot of my friends who are creatives who are like working creatives as you are. Like you, you fucking work. You mm-hmm. work hard. And a lot of the problems they have is that they have these creative wants that they can't express because when they get hired they're just like all right we like your work but don't do that at all but you're saying that ooh, excuse me hit my microphone you're saying that you've been able to do work which i have seen the work that you've done it is very similar to what you're actually posting in terms of your original content and i always i always wonder like how what advice do you have to get to people to be like what advice would you give to people to be able to have their self be put into positions where they can create upon what they actually do opposed to doing it upon somebody else's own wishes. I think you just got to really put yourself into the situation that you mm-hmm. want to be put in. You know, if you want to work for Vogue, then start shooting like you want to shoot for Vogue. If mm-hmm. you want to work at NFL magazine, if that's even a thing, like start trying to contact sports people to shoot, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so it's more of just making your work cater to what it actually exactly, is. Exactly, yeah. Because like my work is mainly just people portraits. Mm-hmm. So I don't really get that many people asking me for product photography. I've yeah. had like two in a year. You know, it's like maybe that. Mm-hmm. But every, everyone else is like modeling agencies, people that want to become models, uh, a lot of magazines that need lifestyle, like Complex, XXL. Um, I just did... I dropped for complex a couple of weeks ago, actually, right before, like two days before I left, or before I left for LA. I shot this band called Saint Beauty, who. Oh, yeah, I know them. They're great. Great band. So, they're awesome. They're beautiful. They're, they got a great look. You're killing it. Thank you, thank Elliot. You. No, thank No, thank <laughs> you. So, <laughs> as we uh, go along with this, uh, the main thing that I think is pretty prevalent that you're, that you're offering to the community right now is that you have an art gallery space. So, and there aren't a lot of DIY art galleries. There was, uh, that one over by you, I forgot what it was called. Uh, there's, there was a Melvin gallery. There's ABV gallery. Mm -hmm. Um, there was beep beep gallery. I'm not really sure about the other ones, but I mean, but when I look at your gallery, it's like, I feel it's very DIY. Like, you guys... Oh, so DIY. You, like, yeah, there's only a few of those in Atlanta, because all the other ones you mentioned, those seem more like, 
okay, we had to actually write our business proposal to get this money and things like that. You guys really, okay, go to the uh, leasing people, the dude who owns a spot. Mm-hmm. Let's pay this and well, shit like that. That was like magic when that happened. Yeah. It was, it was a calling. So the spot that I live in now was, well, not the spot I live in, the art gallery space before we moved into it was it's like a few doors down from my house. Mm-hmm. And they opened up a door as a fire safety when the Oakland fire was happening in California. Mm-hmm. They had marshals out the wazoo in our <laughs> parking lot, like looking at the space because it was like zero percent fire safe. Yeah. So Oof. they're like, you have to have two exits. So they put a door in between, and then this art gallery was just a vacant a vacant space for about a month. Mm-hmm. And we're like, man, we have like a mansion right now. We have like two houses, and they weren't charging us for it because it was just open for you yeah. know, renters to look at and my roommates then were we were all like we should probably rent this because it's not that expensive if we all put some money down mm-hmm. and then so we did it and some things didn't work out with some of the partners unfortunately i wish they could have but they worked out for the better because now we have less business partners which is a lot easier Mm-hmm. And then, um, yeah, so it was it was dirty. It had nasty yellow walls. It had nasty floors. So we painted everything. We got new appliances. We, I mean, literally DIY. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's paid off, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. But we've only been a thing for about six months. Yeah. And shout out to Vice for... <laughs> just shouting us out at facet gallery hey where that happened i think it was like the seven or ten things you should do when you're in atlanta that's what you sent me yeah i saw yeah. that yeah yo that's rad what was that feeling like being such a humble space to have that feels, entity hit you up like it that it was really good because yeah. they're huge you know mm-hmm. and we're not we're just we're just the baby mm-hmm. so it's really good to see our baby doing well what do you think that does for you in terms of like uh, authenticity? What do you think it does for that? I don't know. I does mean, it validate you guys at all? I don't really feel any different having mm-hmm. an art gallery. I just feel like I feel like me. I yeah. Feel like I own an art gallery because I do. Yeah. I don't feel like any special like oh I own an art gallery so yeah. you should talk to me or yeah. I'm too good to talk to you like no. You didn't come in here with a, a button-up shirt all the way talking to me about why my paint, my my prints in here are sucky. So I, right. I appreciate that. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. just super chill. Yeah. And so my business partners were all in the art world. One of my business partners, Peter, he is a awesome mural artist. Mm. He works for huge companies doing huge pieces. Actually, he had three or four pieces in the in the new Baby Driver movie. As, mm, yeah. Okay, I'm gonna, I still haven't seen that. Heard it's a good movie. It. It's a good movie. It's great. Everybody yeah. keeps saying that, but I'm just like, there's it's a little, such a weird a title. Cheesy in some parts, but I mean, overall, it's good. That's the, the style back then was the kind of yeah, no sex before marriage kind of dating. Like it's just like <laughs> it's just like we, we can kiss barely, and you know, like that's it. We hung out or we hang out at the diner, get some food, and then yeah, you know, it's like. Old school feel, but it's awesome. And I hear it's a very Atlanta movie. Oh, it's extremely Atlanta. I mean, yeah. they shout out all sorts of uh, Atlanta streets. 
like Peachtree Street and which know. one? What? Which Peach? I was making uh, a joke. Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm funny. Yeah, there's yeah. a lot of Peachtree Streets. Yeah, I think it was just regular Peachtree Street, but I think they shout out like John Portman and I mean the whole movie. You just see Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So that's really cool, mm-hmm. you know, to know that Atlanta is being used for all these huge productions. Yeah. So, what did you see? What did you, what did, what did, what did you see in Atlanta that was uh, a lacking or a void that you guys thought your gallery could fulfill for? I guess the um, creatives we, and for the people. We wanted a space. Well, we call ourselves a multidisciplinary art space mm-hmm. because we don't just cater towards say painters mm-hmm. you know we do everything we host fundraisers we've hosted more fundraisers sorry yeah um yeah we do art auctions and we have tons of different artists we do photography shows um my other business partner matt who does graphic design we're going to do a graphic design show we're actually thinking about doing a graphic design kind of design off oh cool two designers Mm -hmm. you know battling out to make one design in a short amount of time that's rad yeah it's gonna be really cool um very communal space i really like it there yeah yeah so we're just trying to be as big as a facet as Mm -hmm. possible that's why Ah, we are yes facet gallery puns yes (laughs) and we're also cheaper than most galleries we only take right now 30% 30% mm-hmm. of what our artists make. Mm-hmm. So we like to let, let our artists walk out of there with, you know, a little bit of money in their pocket. Cause oh, a lot, yeah. most galleries are 50%, if not 50%. 60%. Like Jesus. they take all your money. So this is me actually coming back from the bathroom during this point. Yeah. Enjoy. <laughs> Yeah, continue to keep playing. Uh, <laughs> but fifty uh, percent is a shit ton, and a lot of these people are probably like, "This is their some people. This is their only like mm-hmm. mean source of income." Yeah, I mean, yeah. So we'd like to help the the community. We're all about yeah. community. Would you say it's a it's a space for artists by artists? Definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. What is that? A F. A F B A. F B A. Artists for a- FAA, yeah, yeah, <laughs> FAA regulations. Uh, that's amazing. And I, I, I every event I've been there, been there too. It's always been fun. It's great to see like somebody putting on like I don't want to say underground, but like indie artists in Atlanta who have like a space to actually put their stuff up there mm-hmm. and 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 be ogled and then be bought by people who are in the scene who care about the scene and it's good to see that you guys are fostering that and keeping the vitality of that alive yeah yeah i love it i mean it's great we get to meet a lot of people as well a lot Mm -hmm. of well-known atlanta artists and we also actually we host a show a show but it's called atl photo night which it used to be at uh pont city market and citizen supply Mm -hmm. and now we hosted at our gallery, which is really cool. We have, I mean, it's just, it's just great to have all these different aspects of art in the gallery, you know. Yeah. Not trying to, you know, segregate ourselves from anything. Mm-hmm. Like we have, we're not 
because it's a bunch it's just three dudes owning the art gallery, we're not trying to be that space, oh, you know, three guys, why are there no girl business partners? Like because we we had a girl business partner, but she ended up just going her own way, you know. Mm-hmm. So Shit happens, definitely. Shit definitely happens. Yeah. Where where do you where do you see the future of Facet being within a major player within the indie scene and the predominant scene within Atlanta within art? Um, we just want it to be a place that everybody can come to and you know, show their craft. Yeah. Whether it's music, photography, paint, design, pottery, who knows, you know, like you name mm-hmm. it, we'll host it. Hell yeah. Yeah, we just want to be able to cater towards everybody. Mm-hmm. And we also have an Airbnb in the gallery. <laughs> it's really nice. Actually, when we were shooting that one time, I came through. Yeah. Is there like a bike in there? Like mm-hmm. a, a casual yeah. bike? It's like, if you want to use it, use it. But yeah. It's kind of small. So actually one time we uh, we have security cameras because we have art. Yeah. But we don't have security in the room, of course. That'd be weird. But yeah, it's a different. That's a different type of air. We were checking the security camera because it notifies us when there's motion, and mm-hmm. we checked it. And one of our Airbnb tenants was just riding the bike in the gallery. And we're like, cool. That's <laughs> cool as long as you don't mess anything up. Hell yeah. But yeah, it's all so, fun in your world. All just fun. Trying to stay productive and hustling. Mm-hmm. Because it's a dog eat dog world out here right now, you know. Yeah. Especially in the art world and freelance. If you don't hustle, then you don't get paid. In 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 uh in reference to that, how do you continue on with staying relevant and hustling and staying within some in the world itself? How do I say hustling? Um, yeah. Or just keeping yourself relevant and and making sure that you want Elliot's work. I guess it's always keeping my name out there you know yeah just meeting people shaking hands is a big part of it and yeah just staying staying seen not seen but seen (laughs) wait s-c-e-e-n-e or Uh, i feel like they're spelled the same way but i don't know seen and seen like emo oh like seen kids like seen kids like not being a seen kid but being yeah fuck that viewed <laughs> yeah yeah so yeah just I don't know staying staying a people person mm-hmm. hustling so if there's any words that you can provide to anybody who wants to be within your position uh, what advice if any could you offer to them within trying to be where you're at I would say don't think too far ahead don't get ahead of yourself um, don't, don't be like I was when I was 20 years old and thinking I'm hot shit because you're not hot shit. Mm-hmm. People aren't going to hire you if you have zero experience and you think you can take a good picture, you know? Yeah. Like you have to, you have to work for it, unfortunately. <laughs> but, you know, it only takes a few years and then you're in it. Yeah. So. Yeah, just. <laughs> Hard work doesn't guarantee success, but it does make it a little easier. Definitely does. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, I think that's any good of a place to stop here. Uh, as we wrap things up, 
is there any last words uh anything that we missed anything that you want to shout out this might come out in like two months so i would say back at you know the whole hustling thing is if you don't fail you won't succeed you know Mm -hmm. if you don't fail you're not gonna know what it's like to fail Mm -hmm. so everybody fail once out there pretty much being like you're gonna mess up 99 times yeah and one of those times you're gonna get it right Mm -hmm. so yeah keep working at it truly uh i think that's it i don't really have much to say do you have any i know you've said everything uh check out elliot list uh we will link his instagram uh, you have a website a website you have a website elliot list photo yeah check out uh he has a song for his uh bush series that he did too as well i would assume that would be on there too as well it's actually not okay damn you can search my, <laughs> na- you can search my name on youtube or yeah. google and it'll pop up yeah shout out to his bush series because that's how I, uh i think that's how i first started to find out about you when when i was in coming in the scene uh, here yes that Let's was popping my bush was popping for quite some time yeah words i've never heard anybody say on this couch yeah. <laughs> thank you for that uh but as we wrap things up i always end off with this question uh if you were to transpire what would be your lasting image just a photo of myself <laughs> <laughs> you're the second person who said that and I, and I love that i love that response so much Just I love a photo that. of me in my bush all right in a bush I think that's more than good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He's a simple guy with simple wants, uh, wearing the ATL hat, supporting Atlanta, the creative community, and uh, providing us with a great space to just be artists and creatives. Uh, I want to thank you again very much for coming of course, here. thank you for having me. And gracing my IKEA couch uh, time, one of the very th- few things that we own in this world, and thank you for lending that to me and uh, drinking my amazing beer. Shout out to White Blackbird. Belgo Franco Saison. So good. I don't know what that means, yeah. but Saison. Fuck with it. Uh as we end things, you wanna you wanna play us out as we end this? You can play us out and I'll just cut it off in post. Uh, not sure what I'll play, but I'll play something. Okay. Uh again, this has been Elliot List. Didn't listen to the dirt. Thank you very much. And this has been an episode. Alright. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hell yeah. (laughs) And yes, you have made it to the end of another episode. And I thank you so very much. Thank you for giving me your ears, your hearts, your soul, maybe your mouths if you were laughing too as well. But this is the end. I'm sorry. You'll have to come back another time. I want to give a special shout out to Elliot List. Thank you so very much for blessing my IKEA couch and microphone. You have given me your time, sir, and it was definitely very much appreciated. To links of Elliot's work, we will link that in the description as well. And be sure to check out Facet Gallery. They're always spotlighting amazing Atlanta creatives and just creatives in general who probably don't have the platform to be put into a gallery and it's amazing space it's right off the belt line what can you love (laughs) what can you not hate about it i mean it's the best 
Shout out to you, Elliot. Thank you again. And if you need any work by him, also we will link his what Instagram and website. We'll do that. We'll do that too as well. But please check out his work. Give him a shout out. Give him a follow. You'll love him. But yes, as I said, this is the end. Thank you again. We are starting a new chapter with Denizens as I am living in New York and Nate Scholes living in Atlanta. We will be operating between both. You might see this podcast in a lot of flux this year, but I promise you that we will be trying to give you another episode every two weeks. But again, I thank you guys for even fucking with this. All the people who listen to this. I appreciate that. And I hope you come back next time. Now in 2018, I as I've already said, I hope you guys are actualizing. I hope you are setting your goals. And I hope 2018, if 2017 wasn't so good for you, becomes a great year. And if 2017 was already a better year for you, I hope 2018 becomes the best year. Keep going towards what you want in life. Don't ever compromise your dreams, goals, and wants. You are where you need to be. But you can't get to where you need to go to in the future unless you're not putting the work down. Now remember, keep on towards your goals because at the end of it all, what would you want your lasting image to be? That's it. Love you very much. Much love. Peace. I want to be remembered as an emotional being that was always a good friend and a good lover.